We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And today we're going to talk about the uh, recently completed FIBA World Cup. Um, first off, the host in Manila, man, like the Philippines to me are the heartbeat of the sport of basketball. Like there's nowhere in the world that has more love for the sport. And I want to go there someday. And y'all were like represented. What a great tournament that was. And then congratulations to Dennis Schroeder and the German national team for winning the gold medal. Congrats to Wenyan and South Sudan for qualifying for the Olympics. First time they're going to see their flag at an international tournament. That's a beautiful thing. And we got to see our guy, Austin. This, I think, is a great opportunity, Mike. And we'll, I think, talk more Austin in the second part of the pod to kind of focus on one player. That's one of the ways I like watching a game is like just focus on one guy. And since we had one Laker on Team USA, I think it was easier to kind of gravitate to everything that Austin did. And we saw just a, a great run from him. And we also saw how teams are going to target him and the ways in which they do that. And that's going to have implications on this Lakers team coming up, right? But before we get into all that, Mike, uh, Great tournament, a lot of fun. Latvia had a great run as well. I, you know, really enjoyed it. What were your thoughts on the FIBA World Cup? I enjoyed it as well, and I find myself being not as mad um, as some people seem to be about what happened to Team USA. Uh, I think that there, there are certainly things that they didn't do right. There are certainly things that they could have done differently in terms of lineups, and, and we can get into all of that. But ultimately, you know, Team USA not bringing the A team over there is not going to win a lot of times in the World Cup. Even if you have a really good, solid roster, which they had some young talent, some exciting guys like the Steve Kerr alluded to this, but the rest of the world has been catching up for a while. Uh, and there are good players. And the, they lost to NBA players. And I just think that that's the, the World Cup is not the point of emphasis for uh, basketball, for the USA, for other parts of the world. Um, it certainly is. The USA has always kind of prided what their runs to be from the Olympic con context. And I think we're going to get into that. Uh, I've, I've made a preliminary 12 man roster that I need to check by you two as the <laughs> official USA basketball committee um, for approval. And, and you will get um, at least one omission and addition um, or more if you would like. So we can get into all that. I, I ultimately like the, 
Darius, to me, the bottom line with this team, they were they tried to play small and to switch and sort of lean into the athleticism. And this is going to be our advantage. And this ended up being a tough tournament to do that just based on who the opponents were and based on Jaron Jackson Jr., who I kind of have been extolling his virtues as an A.D. like defensive player who can make an impact. But he's not as good. uh, And he had his limitations and he couldn't stay on the floor. And so they they end up being just tiny at uh, all over the place and kind of bullied out of the tournament in some ways. And and so that's I don't think that's um, tangential to the point that I was making about the overall talent. But that to me was like the basketball difference in this mm-hmm. one was just there. There wasn't a reliable presence inside um, on really either end, but especially defensively um, as that tournament went on. And like what the Lakers could take for granted with Anthony Davis in those playoff series and mm-hmm. those big time games, Team USA could not. And I felt like that was the thing that ultimately bit him. Oh, defense, 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 defense. Defense is one of these things where I'm going to go on a little bit of, of a side rant here, but it's related to Team USA. We talked a lot about rebounding and size, and those are great, great points that that Mike made. But one of the things that I don't want to say bothered me about this Team USA team because it didn't necessarily bother me about this team, but it sort of bothers me about the state of the league is that a lot of the top players in the league now are not the leagues are not some of the league's best defenders. And so when we talk about bringing our A team or bringing our B team, all of these players are talented enough to like, obviously like win at this level, but the decline Pete in like defensive fortitude and defensive ability from some of our best players is one of the things that sort of bothers me about the NBA in general. I don't know when it necessarily happened, but go back to the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, even like the 2010 era and look at the all defense teams and look at the all NBA teams. And when you look at those two teams together, you're going to find some overlap, not a ton of overlap, but some Right. It's just like, oh, 2008 all NBA team. You're going to find Kobe Bryant on there. You'll probably find Kevin Garnett on there. You'll probably find Tim Duncan on there. And if you go to the all defense teams, you'll probably find Kobe Bryant on there and you'll find Tim Duncan on there and you'll find Kevin Garnett on there. And all through the course of NBA history. There's always going to be some guys that are like that. This is Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron James, some of the very best players. If you look at the all NBA teams this season and then go to the all defense teams, you may find one overlapping player. It like would help maybe. if they voted for the correct people, too, though. Sure, <laughs> it would help. But but you're right. my yeah. but the point that I'm making, though, is more. Giannis is a great example of this. He is one of those guys to me that holds up that standard of like, I'm trying to be the best player on both sides of the court all Mm -hmm. of the time. And I'm going to earn my name in the league as being this dominant two-way player. And the best players have always sort of competed really hard on both sides. But today, like the Lucas of the world, the James Hardens of the world, the Trey Youngs of the world, like Mm -hmm. even Steph, Steph competes at least defensively. He will never make an all defense Mm -hmm. team, but at least it's just like, he understands the value of like, I just can't be out here just watching like on the other side of the court. And I just feel like this team USA team just did not have enough dudes that were just like, I'm going to get after it. 
defensively mm-hmm. all of the time. And even if they were, like, they don't necessarily have the defensive l- floor right. that, like, some of the best players would typically have. What I didn't mention and wanted to in my opening there was I think part of that was the inexperience of this Team USA and that not a lot of guys that have been on big-time playoff runs that have realized the level that you have to go up to in the postseason um, to, like, that level of defense that Darius is talking about. Sometimes that comes in terms of a star over time. And like when a guy's really ready to win in his prime prime. And I don't know that they had Team USA had a lot of those guys on the mm-hmm. roster. So maybe those two, two things are related. This is one of my more old manny type of takes. But since I, I try to I try to avoid these as much as possible, that when they do get to the point where I, I feel like I got to say this, I feel like there's some degree of validity. But I feel like the level of competitiveness of American basketball, and I think there are structural reasons for this, has dropped over the course of my lifetime, right? And that just like the degree of like, I'm going to play in every game, I'm going to play hard, I'm going to like that that high end level player, the, like having that type of mentality on both ends is an example of this. Even what you were saying, Mike, at the beginning of like, oh, well, the US doesn't take this as seriously as everyone else does. That's lame. And like the idea, oh, no, we didn't have our A team over there. We still had 12 NBA players, right? Like that's still the most talented roster in the tournament, is it not? Agree. It is lame. I agree. Yeah, it is lame. And And, so it's like you're going to lose. That's one of the things I love about basketball is one of the things that as you're growing up and I could go on a rant on this, you start to learn like life is not as much of a meritocracy as you were told when you were a kid. But basketball is like if you don't box out – or and you don't like run your lanes hard in transition, you don't stop the ball in transition. There's a whole bunch of things in basketball where it's like, if you don't do this basic job, you can be way more talented than your opponent, but you're going to lose the game because you didn't have the same level of attention to detail. And so that to me is kind of like at, at the, the core of this is that like, there's just been a drop in the level of competitiveness. Like Tatum, as much as I want to slander a Celtic is one of the very few guys that's, that's like a 30 yes. point dude on one end and will kick your ass on the other end. And so he's earned my respect as a result of that. There's not a lot of American players. And this is also part of the reason why Anthony Davis, people having a blind spot and we almost got Mike to join the revolution when I, I was on uh, my vacation when they you were listening to a pod and they were talking about the best American big and they Anthony Davis's name didn't even come up for 20 minutes. It's like this dude's a 25 point per game guy on one end and the best defensive player in the world. And y'all can't see him anyway that there are a couple of players, Mike, that that fit that description. But it's it's not what it used to be. All right. I'm going to I'm going to yes and know this in true Darius fashion. Please. I, and I'll as usual, I'll use soccer as an example for this. So. There's a difference in soccer, like the World Cup is the thing. It's only every four years. That's one thing. The Olympics, not as big of a thing uh, in, in soccer in terms of the teams. That, and in fact, the Olympics even has an age, uh, an age thing where you can only play, uh, have like three guys over the age of, I think it's 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And so in that cup, but like for me, Pete, I'm, you, you never have to twist my arm to compete uh, about anything. Like I think if you're out there, you should be trying to kick ass, period. Uh, so that's that's I don't want to dispute that, but I just I'm trying to look at the way that professional sports work. And one of the reasons that that is the case in soccer is because the best players in the world are very, very taxed by their club teams um, and uh, incredibly so to the point where it takes a, a ton physically just to get through mm-hmm. one year. And that to me is what Team USA has been. It's like you can't ask. There are only a couple players in the world, Luca. Um, who like play Dennis, who play for their national team every year. 
Mm-hmm. Remember, guys, this was hard for Powell. I used to talk to Powell about this because he had the weight of the world of, of the Spanish. If he didn't play for Spain, they weren't winning. And he was tired as hell. And he had to bring his best energy and effort for Spain and then show up to the Lakers training camp and get yelled at. Um, yeah, so right, right. <laughs> that's that's what this is about, I think, is that these guys have there's only so much peak energy and you can't win an international tournament anymore without it. But you can't call upon that every summer. And, and that to me is where things that's like the, the difference. It's not just that American players are not trying hard uh, and they're no. soft, but they all play in the NBA. The international players, uh, they don't all play in the NBA. It's usually like a, a few of them. And to me, this isn't the point I'm making isn't about the guys who aren't there for exactly the reasons that you stated, Mike. It's about the the guys who are. And that that's more about the overall program. It's not just the players. It's the sure. like I was cussing up a storm at Steve Kerr, like as while watching those games, because it was like that mismatch between scheme and talent. It's like you're trying to run warrior schemes, but think about the guards, for example. Both Brunson and Edwards, they go about it differently, but they're kind of these physical, rugged type of guys, which gives them value on the defensive end. Ant is another guy, by the way, of the young guys that really brings the heat on the defensive end. And uh, that's that's great to have that. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, But that, like, trying to run the same schemes offensively is – like you're shrinking your driving lanes for drivers in Brunson and Edwards by running a five out type of system. You're trying to switch with guys that you don't have the the personnel on the floor that you do of the the tall athletic wings. You don't have a Wiggins that was a number one overall pick who's a huge part of that defense working well. Draymond, right? Even Jackson, like the, the the defensive rebounding part of the reason I wanted to do this topic is there's like three different things I want to rant about and I'm trying not to go on one like <laughs> muddied one mic so so save me here man but like the well, no, there was such a scheme we gave they, up 110 plus points in all three losses what was it Lithuania Germany and what was the third loss Canada Canada, Canada. thank you uh, but but Pete Windhorst said on his podcast because he's over there covering the team that other teams were surprised essentially that that the team USA was doing the the switching scheme for everything it was they were unnecessary. Like, wait they're they're really gonna do that so I, that I'm just adding fuel to your fire for you thank you please and, and like few things irritate me and I'm sorry y'all got the brunt of this in 2022 of like a coach thinking their system is the reason that there was the success as opposed to the type of players that you have. And like, not everybody can do everything. And that's, I was, I was so irritated. Like the seeing Kerr, like, you know how I used to say about Vogel, he tries to solve his problems with defense. Every, every problem was like, okay, if we have more defense in there and that helped win us a title, by the way. Right. Like, but, and, and Steve Kerr is a four-time NBA champion as well, but different players cause different circumstances. And this to me is the tie-in with this current Lakers team and how this is relevant. This exact challenge is what's ahead of Darwin in, in that we have very different types of players than we started last year. And we'll get more into that. But if you try to do the same thing with completely different type of guys, you're going to have a completely different type of result and we gave up so many offensive rebounds in this tournament and just you can't give up 110 points in 40 minute games we did that in all three losses and just like the downsizing of everything man i don't i don't get it let's go to break here because i think that the ideas that both you guys are talking about deserve a little bit more unraveling here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I still am talking about a little bit of of this idea about defense, right? Because one of the things you need if you're going to switch as much as Team USA did is you need physicality and you need it all over the court. That was one of the issues that I thought that in the highest leverage games and in the games where Team USA was was playing um, more physical teams is that they didn't have that that physical approach and that sturdiness defensively in order to hold up in the ways that that they wanted to. Now, again, some of this is roster construction stuff. And if your bigs are Jaron Jackson Jr., who is an excellent defensive player who fouls too much mm-hmm. and doesn't get a lot of defensive rebounds. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a good defensive rebounder. And, and so he averages what, like six or seven rebounds a game. Yeah, five bad. defensive yeah, rebounds bad. a game. AD gets like nine plus. I, I would love to hear if this came up at any point in all the podcasts discussing Defensive Player of the Year award, if whether or not defensive rebounding factors into that. It's called defensive rebounding for a reason. It's just like you don't, no rebounds, no rings. And then your other big is Bobby Portis. And then they brought Walker Kessler, but he never played. And so really your other big was Paolo Bancaro. And I think... Kuru did want to solve his some of his problems with athleticism and mm-hmm. offense, right? And the athleticism piece is super important. Yes, it is. And I thought Team US, like every Team USA team, Mike, is going to be at their best when they are swarming defensively and they are flying all over the court. It's a reason why, like the the even if they're not the most physical defensive players, like the Austin, Halliburton, Edwards, Bridges. Bancaro, these dudes are like, they're running all over the court. They're trapping, they're getting their hands in passing lanes, and suddenly they are fast, fast breaking and they are getting layups and dunks. And that's always going to be a formula for Team USA. But I thought the lack of positional size across the roster, it wasn't just the size that, like, oh, well, they don't necessarily have the bigs. And they didn't have the bigs. I mean, they they did more than they played them. 
There was never a Walker Kessler, Jaron Jackson Jr. look. There was That's not. part of the reason and why JJJ won the, the award was he got Steven Adams wrestling with dudes and JJJ can kind of roam around, right? Like, And so well, like you have options on a team like that. Yeah, this is where I think that you're both you're both right. Like there are two things. One, I I have grace for the coaching staff because they did not have their pick of the litter in terms of the roster that they wanted to bring with the bigs. And also, they should have played different lineups and run different schemes against the teams that were actually competitive because they didn't play a real competitive team for the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they did get to a competitive team, which was Germany, um, they or I guess before that it was it was um, Montenegro who just crushed us on the glass yep um then yeah then eventually you get to um lithuania, lithuania. Who mm-hmm. beat us at, for some of the same reasons and we still stuck with the same starting lineup this is where like pete you and i always seem to get into it a little bit with coaches because i um <laughs> i've i spent so much of my professional life just in a room with with the coaches and just listening and trying there's there's just it's not always as easy and of course you know this but it's not always as easy to look at something and and just like oh that was the solution obviously uh and why like there's a reason why Kerr's trying to find the sense of continuity and start the way yes. he was and the style and all that was kind of decided in april may june um while they were building the team uh, but i do i also agree that they should have adjusted more uh, absolutely it's just it's just easier said than done mike coaches are stubborn goats it's part of the reason why they get to that place in the first place is they can give you a dissertation on the smallest aspects of the game and the reason why they believe what they believe right and that said though the type of basketball team you can be is going to be dependent upon the type of basketball players that you have it's the players that are first in the order of whether or not something is going to work and that can be the same scheme it's the same reason why the triangle offense was a disaster every time that it was tried with an assistant coach from Phil or when he went to the Knicks, right? Like it fit elite talent because it facilitated a level of movement and team play that teams that have the Jordans and the Kobe's can and the Shaqs, right? Can just be like, oh, just give the ball to that guy. And then that's gonna win you 55 games in the regular season. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden when the serious basketball starts, like you were just saying in the this World Cup, then it's like, yeah. oh crap, we don't have like the other looks. And so the triangle was great to be able to kind of diversify what could easily be just give the ball to Kobe, give the ball to Shaq type thing. But if you don't have those types of guys, there's issues with it. And right. And so that's something that I think really applies to this upcoming Lakers team as well. And so like, that's where I'm coming from, Mike. It's like that idea that coaches can be stubborn old goats. And I respect that. And that's part of the reason why they are where they are, but there's a place where that crosses over to being harmful for your team. And, and of course that's true. And, and here's the, at the same time point, coaches have to sell a version of what they want to do to the team and to the players. Mm-hmm. And so if they divert from that, it's, it's some guys can get it and pick it up on the fly on the fly and other guys you lose and other guys then can't adjust and other guys then don't. And that's when, that's when you don't have continuity of roster that mm-hmm. becomes even more difficult. And that's where like the last couple of Lakers seasons, I sympathized mm-hmm. with Vogel. Uh, like we, all, a lot of the critique that he got was after they won the title and then they switched the team up um, completely. And then they switched it up again, like with Russell Westbrook. And we're like, hey, try to do this with the pieces that. So it's you can change that as a coach, but it's just a, it just makes things more complicated. And I just sympathize with that role that Steve Kerr had uh, while agreeing that I mm-hmm. I, I might have just, hey, just start Halliburton. OK, like Brunson, oh, is, he was at so the good. highest like Brunson is really good in certain contexts. He's a kind of like a real steady regular season, but, but against those better teams, he's getting 
he's getting attacked off the dribble like crazy. And his type of style doesn't work as well on offense mm-hmm. once a, a real team's there. And like you just have to kind of pull the plug on that at that point. And and then so there's a lot of different things like that. But Kerr's also been calling him the leader the whole time. Mm-hmm. So then when you bench the guy, it has it, right. it, it's just it's just hard. It's hard when you're playing against these good teams. And and I um I, I just I wanted to kind of stand for Kerr a little bit by the position that he was in. I, I totally get it. And, th- and thank you for bringing that up. Um, in the context of Brunson, I thought we undervalued the the skill of passing. I think that's one thing that none of the main creators in the starting lineup, which were initially Brunson, B.I., and Ant, and Ant was the, the main guy in this. None of them, is their first instinct is to pass the ball. And then when uh, Halliburton and Austin would come into the game, and Kerr ran very distinctive first-team, second-team type of units. Um, it was just a, a breath of fresh air, and the games would often turn right away when those guys came in. And so that's you're always a champion of good passing and good ball movement, D. And that's something that I thought we undervalued on this roster. Well, in general, like I know too that there was a lot of like AAU has ruined basketball in America, and like a lot of the ideas of like teamwork and passing has been replaced with like individual skill work and shot creation and one-on-one play right and what's emphasized and what isn't at what levels of basketball I don't want to call myself a purist but I grew up watching a different version of the game than the game that we watch now and I love today's game but there will always be a place in my heart for like the 80s version of basketball where the general passing and the ethos of teamwork and how the ball would ping around. Um, and just that general feeling of like, these guys know how to play. Like, and I grew up, I, I was fine at soccer. I mostly played, played defense, but I grew up playing soccer. I played club soccer for, for a long time, but you know, I was stuck there at the back. I, I wasn't a goal scorer by any means, but I did understand how plays develop and I do appreciate like the movement of how like soccer works. Right. And that informs the way that I like to watch basketball being being played as well. And one of the things that I thought about um, in bringing it back to, to Team USA, and I'll be interested to see how this goes with the Lakers as well, honestly, is the league now goes to a place where we we are going to switch in the most high leverage situations in order to make an individual player create a shot for someone else. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the Germany game, I was watching and I was just like, oh man, Team USA doesn't have enough guys who are creating good shots for themselves. Like Halliburton was like struggling to create separation. He took like a mm-hmm. step back. Ant was like the only guy that could really create his own look. And I yep. thought he was settling a bit too much and taking step back threes. Yep. Like, and there was like ball, yeah. little individual play decision-making where I'm just like, oh wait, that's not, that's not the play right now. The idea of how to create continuity and how to create like teamwork in a in an environment where there isn't personnel continuity year after year after year, the way that Mike was talking about earlier with the changeover in rosters, and in the direction that the that the game has gone, where there's so much more individual play and not as much like togetherness. Like I find it hard 
to figure out like what the right path is in order to get the best players. And that's why next year in Paris, I'll be very interested to see what players come. And it's why like those rumors about like, oh, some of these older players might come back to play. Those are the dudes who still have ties to that previous generation of like, I just know how to play. And I'll be interested to see if it actually does make a difference beyond those guys being quote unquote, better players and the A team, because I think that there's a stylistic piece that they bring to it as well. So that was a nice little tease uh, for my roster construction. Pete, before we break, do you want to weigh in on any of Darius's other points there, though, before I uh, hijack this into no, no, my no. team? I, I, have, I have so many. I guess the small thing I want to say is that over the course of my lifetime, there has been a great increase in the amount of resources available for an individual for individual player skill development and yes. the amount of time that teams that teams practice together has gone down right I, like I, I coached in in AAU for a year I would love to talk about that as a as a topic one day um but one of the things about the nature of AAU is those teams generally don't get to practice that often and they're oftentimes more a showcase for the best players like if you are on this team you're going to be in this tournament which is where all the scouts are going to go to because it's where all the tournament you know what I'm like there's a level of yeah. logistical convenience to that where it's like oh go go get what's the team up in Oakland Darius I can't believe I can't remember the Oakland, uh, one of the bigger uh, AAU teams in the country. And um, and it's like, if you're on that squad, you're going to get seen. And Oakland Soldiers? Yes, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you're on that team, you're going to be seen. You're going to be like on on that stage. And But there's been a loss of team practices. The amount of time spent on that has gone down. That in international play, it's actually the opposite of that is most of the time and coaching resources that you're putting in is the five on five type of stuff. And I think that that shows in the type of players. So let's take a break, come back. Let's talk about uh, 2024 and the ideal roster. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I can't say I've spent like a ton of time on this in the sense of putting the actual document together. But, you know, I suppose watching a million NBA games accounts as putting a lot of time in uh, to the roster. So let's see if we can nail this. Let's see if we can get the Americans back where we want them to be. All right. In the backcourt, we've got Steph Curry. Any problems there? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've got Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Tyrese Halliburton, and... The fourth spot I spent a little more time on ultimately went with Anthony Edwards, um, thinking about more of a sixth man type role, basically the role that Kerr tried to sell him this time, um, the Dwayne Wade role. 
but can come in, can defend, can point of attack, can go get you a bucket, can shoot threes on the weak side, but you don't need to play, and, and I wouldn't start. So that's the backcourt. Now I've got uh, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and this four spot, again, a little tricky. I ultimately went with Mikael Bridges as who I thought a little continuity, the 3 and D, doesn't need to play a ton, is going to be happy in a role and can, can sort of just fill, like not as good of a player as Jimmy Butler, Right. But I don't want Jimmy sitting on the bench and sort of watching things happen uh, and just being pissed off. And because and, I love Jimmy. Um, then I've got and this is the most important spot. Have you guys heard of Anthony Davis? I, I wonder <laughs> if his game would translate to the international game where he's the only American in the top 10 in rebounding in the NBA. He's terrific on offense. He can do We've done enough on AD. Wait, so for AD, real? AD, yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's the only American in the top 10 in rebounding? Yeah. Yeah. There are so many things where if you look really? at it on paper bonus, and Jokic, stats, Giannis, Gobert, Capella, Vucevic, Valanciunas, Embiid, um, and then Randall gets in at like number 10. Uh, right there. Tied That's with, an amazing Aiden, stat. Aiden and Zubac. That's an amazing it stat. Is, bro, like yeah. the world is coming for our ass, man. And that's been the case for a minute. And this this whole like, oh, we don't take FIBA seriously. Okay. Then you're not going to win a medal for the second time in a row at the FIBA thing. Like the leaks, the, the, the world is too good at hoops now. Now this yeah. roster that you're talking about though, Mike, is I think is still in the stratosphere of like just overwhelming levels of talent that like, <laughs> yes. oh, yes. this doesn't fit this scheme. Well, it don't matter when you got yeah, well, like I, that kind of. Oh, dudes, I got three you know? more guys though. I got three more Please. spots, and then and then the hardest mission. Sorry, so sorry. The, these are other front court spots. So it's it's Bam, um, it's Draymond Green, mm. and I think part of Green I'm sort of just penciling in because like report and you know LeBron, he's tight with LeBron. Steve Kerr's the coach. Where I like I don't know for sure, but I still I love Draymond, and I think there's an element that he brings um, there. I don't know that he would play a ton, but um, so Draymond's still there. And then the last roster spot. Now I. My own bias, I would just put Reeves on it um, for sake of not doing that because of this is the Laker Film Room podcast and all that we've talked about Reeves. But uh, I I would go with JJJ, who I thought really struggled, but as a backup uh, to AD and somebody that can I, I can just go in and say, go dominate on defense for 10 minutes or for 15 minutes against some of these bigs. But I hesitate a little bit because of how bad of a rebounder he is in some of these mm-hmm. uh, matchups. Alas. So now... The, the spots that were hardest, the guys that were hardest to leave off, I mentioned Butler, um, Evan Mobley's in contention, Drew Holiday for the perimeter defense, uh, Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Cade Cunningham, Desmond Bain, Miles Turner, and then that's basically it. Like Lillard, mm-hmm. I, I just, I've got Steph, I've got Halliburton, Age. So there's there's the, the, the team again. Curry, Halliburton, Booker, Edwards, Durant, Tatum, Bridges, LeBron, AD, Draymond, Bam, JJJ. Uh, what would you guys do with that? Probably win a gold medal. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, you know, who would you add or who would you add and omit or like who would you who would you like to see off? Who would you like to see on? So uh, the JJJ point to me, Bam is 80s backup in that respect. And I would like the third big in that respect to be a brawler. Right. Somebody that as we've watched these really physical type of games, I like Kessler is a, a really good fit in that respect is like, you know, be able to bang with guys, block block shots. And if you want to have a too big look, you have it. That said, Kerr is going to be the coach. And uh, yeah, you had Draymond on the team too. And that, so I think you have just one too many bigs. I'd probably add another uh, like 
wing or or guard to the mix rather than the JJJ spot. Um, and then I'm always curious, D, when you don't have many role players, meaning that like their yeah. job in the NBA in an NBA game is to do role player things and it's just all stars, there can be times where that team gives up 110 points in 40 minutes for different reasons, right? And so um that those are the two questions I have, Mike, on, on the roster. The thing that I was going to say is that I'm always looking for like, who are the guys who aren't going to play, right? So like already you go into this group and say like, okay, you are, you are guaranteed to not get many minutes. And so what are you bringing to the table in that role as a guy who's not going to play a lot? And so like almost every roster I feel like has like a specialist that like maybe you get some run and maybe you don't. But on most nights, it's just like like you on a really good team, you're going to play because we're up by 30 mm-hmm. and other nights you're basically not going to play at all. Like on the 2018 team. It was either 2008 or 2010, but like Michael Red was on one of those those teams. And I'm just like, ah, Michael Red, you were a go back and watch the Michael Red highlights from like the NBA when he played for the Bucks. And you're just like, look at this lefty, silky smooth jumper, got some game, getting you 22, 24 points a game. And on Team USA, it's just like, nope, it's Kobe, it's Wade. There's Chris Paul. uh, There's Darren Williams. You're not playing at all, basically. Let me inject this in. So, uh, so I thought about this because this team that we're building here is it's dream team. It's redeem team. It's like, it's the best player. So redeem yes. team, you mentioned Michael red, he and Tayshawn Prince were the two sort of role players. But other than that, yes. it was LeBron, J kid, Darren Williams, Wade, Kobe, Dwight Howard, Bosch, Chris Paul, Mello. Uh, and, and then Boozer, you know, at the time, I guess he was an all-star, but so like you're, you're kind of the role players for me here. It's based, it's Halliburton and Bridges. Uh, and then to an extent, JJJ or, or Bam, whichever one you pick out of that. But like it's this is where like, yes, there are some fits that would max out the roster better. But when we're this is our best team, I feel mm-hmm. like you have to give it to the best players. And it's like sure. I always yeah. hated how later was on over Shaq, you know, on yep. the original dream. team. Mm-hmm. It's like because that this is to me, it's a little bit like all NBA. Like we are we're recognizing you as our these are our best. These are our Olympians. You know, not just like the the completely best fitting basketball team. So you have to thread that needle a little bit. It's funny, like in the context of what I was saying about like we've the resources in American basketball have gone to individual play. The ar- the argument that you're advocating for, which has been what we've won with, has been like these are our twelve best dudes, and yeah. that making this team is an honor rather than a oh we need a this type of role player that fits that type of spot. We've probably still have enough talent with the guys that Mike named D that that approach is probably going to win a gold medal. No, totally. The team that Mike said, there's not a lot of weaknesses on that team. Yeah. On that team, by the way. Yeah. Like, you know, no, no, no. Covered with two way guys. No, I feel that any roster that has Curry, LeBron, Durant, Tatum, Anthony Davis, like, Oh, okay. Like we're done in some ways. Like we're done here. Right. You add in Edwards. Okay. Like, bam, Draymond. It's why one of those things, if you're talking about bringing another big, I might not bring JJJ. I might bring Mobley. I might even bring Chet Holmgren. Like, I might just be like, look, you're never going to play. You're absolutely never, ever, ever, ever going to play. And and on some point, 
And at some point, I'd rather like not do that to a guy like Jackson, who actually did give up a summer to play mm-hmm. a meaningful role mm-hmm. on a team just to like go back to Paris and what, like eat baguettes on the bench. Where, maybe where I would be tempted if I could convince if Drew Holiday was down for that, like the one thing you think about a Dennis Schroeder or uh, even like just some of these perimeter guards that were giving Team USA trouble. Maybe it's like, hey, Drew, you're not going to play a ton, but like I have that. I, and I know, Pete, you like a ball pressure guard. You know, I don't I don't mm-hmm. love Drew on the other end as much um, as a spacer. And that, that's yeah. why I'm like, can I get Anthony Edwards to approximate that enough, even if he's not quite as laterally? Um, so that, that's that's the one spot you're instead of having that extra big. I'm just traumatized by watching us get the <laughs> shit kicked out of us inside and almost pivoting to five bigs. And then because LeBron can play guard on offense, obviously, like, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking about that. But that was my thought process. Can I just say one of my favorite things on the pod is when Trudell is the one who gives us the explicit rating uh, yes. deep into the pod, right? Does something just, it boils over, you know? <laughs> is that, so you actually have to change the rating when we, you we, drop Oh, one? don't be, no, it's great. Don't worry about it. But yes. Okay, yeah, no, I was say you can just bleep it out then so you don't have to change the rating. Have a little and buzzer, then, a little shot buzzer. Well, if it, <laughs> if it matters, I mean, you know. <laughs> so I think about this a lot, but for the longest time, he, while he wasn't my favorite player, Jason Kidd was one of my favorite players. Um, it goes Talk back to even when, Hooper, when I was in high school and, mm-hmm. and he was at Cal and my varsity coach basically gave me articles on Jason Kidd to read about Jason Kidd as being like, this is the sort of dude that you can try to play like, right? Like he's he's sort of the point guard ideal. And, and he was in many ways like the son of Magic Johnson, like in terms of like you bring a flair mm-hmm. and a competitiveness and a style and a pace to the game that I always loved. And mm-hmm. Halliburton to me has yeah. that sort of same vibe, but he, but Halliburton is not nearly as good a defender as Jason Kidd was. And that's the thing I, I wish Team USA had is like that oh my God, this dude's an unbelievable passer and playmaker and just feel player, but is also like a super competitive defensive maven that is just mm-hmm. like, oh, I can get after you. I can get in there and rebound. I'm physical. I'm tough. And like, that's the guard that I feel like is just missing from mm-hmm. this entire process. And it's the guy that I would really want. Like, even if that dude's like a token starter, sure. I, like I know that next to like, oh, Kerr and Booker or Curry and Booker, you're not going to get necessarily better than that as as a backcourt. But I'd still want one of those dudes who is not a like, oh, I'm a superstar. I score all the points guy to be there, too. Like, I'd love to have Halliburton as like a starter type, but not necessarily Halliburton, because I don't know if he's got the defensive chops that I want at that position, if that makes sense. And, and that guy, I don't know that that guy exists right now, right? In like maybe in a yeah. couple years, Cade Cunningham, if he can, mm-hmm. like if he can really show him, but he's got a ways to go to prove that. Um, yeah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, no, like he's just to me a, like a lesser Booker. But I do, I do think that Booker really got a lot better the last couple of years, and like me was too. very impressed with him defensively in the postseason. Yep. Yep, and yep. so book and and that's why like to me I, I why ant and booker have to be there just because they they have they have the physicality they have the capability defensively at least even if like passing isn't their main thing but you can with lebron this is why part of the reason why lebron is so important just like kind of culture setting and like moving the basketball and just being and just being smart like that 
you can you don't have to have the coaching staff uh, do that. Like you can have LeBron can sort of police that type of basketball on the court um, some and, and to an extent. You know, so can KD and, and certainly Steph. Yep. So that's that's part of like it's like if LeBron and Steph are out there and AD, then then Booker and Edwards to me play a little different when yep. if, if those are the two guys like in this most recent World Cup. There are also guys that are in their athletic prime, which a couple of the other guys on the team are not. And it's just good to have a couple of guys that are running the floor, you know, that helps everything yes. go go a lot easier. Um, this was fun. Uh, again, Manila, shout out to Manila for just an amazing uh, basketball tournament. It was a lot of fun to keep, hold us over. And now we're just a couple of weeks away from training camp. So uh, we will be back on Wednesday, most likely. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Ainge has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Here by McLaughlin. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Jack with his eighth block an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it. Brian, one, 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 that insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.